Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 140. The Buccaneers are 5-2 and two over their first seven weeks of football. They go into the desert. They square off against their former head coach, John Gruden, and his new Raiders team. And for the second week in a row, they just absolutely mollywop somebody. 45 to 20, your final score in that game. I am so excited. There is so much big news. Obviously, the Bucks won, which is obviously a, uh, obviously a great feeling. Happy Victory Monday, ladies and gentlemen. But, I mean, you've got the Antonio Brown signing. We've had a couple of days to think about that. You got the defense playing like the best in the league. There is so much to be excited about, and with that being said, let's get this thing underway. I am your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. First place in the NFC South for another week in a row, my friend. Happy Victory Monday. Yeah, and obviously the goal is to sort of stay there, so uh the lucky part for the bucks the advantage that they have is that the saints have already had their bye week and the bucks haven't so if the saints keep winning it really doesn't matter as long as the bucks do the bucks will stay in first place and obviously there's a big matchup coming uh coming up there between the two teams but uh i don't know if the bucks have ever been in first place this late in the season at least not for a long time. So it's uh, it, it's been a while since since they've been in first place this late into a season. And uh, by now, you're normally, like the past 10 years or so, you've been kind of, by now, you've been kind of on the fringe of, uh, well, <laughs> if they win this game, they can make some noise. But if they lose this game, then it's time for the draft, right? Let, let, let's um, be honest. Normally by mid-October, most Buck fans are firing up the mock draft machine. I, I hate to say it, but... Uh, Things are definitely changing, and five and two is a welcome well, feeling. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I, I still do the mock draft machine. So yeah, it's um, <laughs> I, I I love it. It's it's great. Um, if I I just love the draft. So yeah, I've been the Bucks are have been picking around like 29 or so. So uh, it's been a little bit of adjustment not being in the top 15. I'm like, oh okay, this is gonna be a little bit more difficult, but um. I've been I've been having some fun with the mock draft. I've been doing a bunch of different scenarios. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. And like you said, yeah, the Bucks are five and two. It was so the game. It's going to show up as a twenty-five point win, but it wasn't actually like it was closer <laughs> yeah. than that. Like they, they they scored fourteen points when the game was essentially over. As soon as that Chris Godwin touchdown happened to make it thirty-one to twenty, I thought the game was over. And then Antoine Winfield just sort of put the icing on the cake. Um, but I mean, yeah. Once that touchdown happened, they went up eleven, 
the game was pretty much over. So, yeah, you could say, oh, man, they just blew that team out. Well, yeah, but it's it's kind of deceiving. Uh, the Raiders definitely hung in there for, for a good bit, and they, they're a team that fights hard, and uh, I think they, they could uh, compete for a wild-card spot in the AFC. Oh, absolutely. I still think Vegas has a pretty good team, and they're going to be swinging with some of the big guys later on this year. But before we get into the rest of the game, a lot of pressure on Tampa as a whole. The World Series are going on right now. Game mm-hmm. six is Tuesday night. The Rays are down three to two. And listen, mm-hmm. I'm not going to swing anybody one way or the other, but if you're trying to make some money on the game, I'll tell you the best place to do it responsibly is with our friends at betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, as I say every single week, they've got the online casino, which I am so scared to spend my money at because, you know, I just don't like how that goes for me. But the good thing about it is that if I'm ever up at 3 or 4 in the morning and I want to give it a try, it never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today. Make sure you take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Also, if you wanted to check out uh, this week's game, so Kansas City is currently opened up as a 19.5-point favorite versus the Jets. Um that is a ton of points. So if you want to, <laughs> if you want to take them points, or you know, if you think the Jets will put up a fight, you know, maybe, maybe you know, oh, you're no. you're picking the Jets. But uh, yeah, that's definitely the place to do it. And uh, who knows? Maybe maybe the, the 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 Jets can. I mean, nineteen and a half points. That's a lot of points. I mean, I <laughs> like that is a lot of points. So uh, it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see. And it's it's something that I'm sure a lot of betters will be keeping their eye on. Absolutely. So make sure you guys go check it out, betonline.ag. But with that being said, let's get into this game. A victory for the boys in pewter, led by TB12 himself, Tom Brady. His stat line looked like this. 33 for 45, 369 yards, five total touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown in the first, or, uh, yeah, the first score of the game for the Bucks, which I missed, ironically, which is why I kind of had to think about it because my TV decided to just not work that drive. Like we oh, used man. the YouTube TV and it just kind of crapped out on me and I had to restart the whole thing two or three times before I got the game clearly. But Tom Brady sticking his nose in the end zone once again. Listen, Brady's playing damn well. The yep, MVP yeah. conversations have started. Call me the eternal optimist. I know that you're the, you know, the realest guy I think on any Bucks pod because nothing ever pleases you. <laughs> um but is it is it too early to start it? Like like me personally I think we need to see, you know, expecting a good game against New York, but you know, we talked about it before the show. I need to see him beat New Orleans in convincing fashion to really jump on this MVP train, especially just at this time of the season. point at the uh, 12 hat for our audio listeners of course uh so yeah he's just been playing elite football um and i say elite uh his game versus vegas that was the best game in a bucks uniform uh, every throw uh, i mean he he missed i think two or three uh he missed that first one to gronk um but he, he missed one to scotty he missed maybe a one to evans or so but other than that i mean I, I I didn't find a single flaw. Um, put the ball in in perfect spots. 
all day, really, uh, to, to multiple different receivers uh, to, and the tight ends, the running backs. He was just in sync. And, I mean, the, the, this offense is really starting to get into a rhythm, and you're starting to see it. Um, I think it really relies on Gronkowski, I think, because you can see when this offense is getting into a rhythm because Gronkowski is. They got Gronkowski involved early, and he had that nice touchdown catch. So he, he's starting to really get his groove. And uh, he's starting to, to sort of look like the, the Gronk of old. So just a fantastic game from Brady. And I, I thought his deep ball looked good. Um, that, that one to Scotty Miller, everybody that says that he can't throw the ball deep can go shove it up there, you know what. Um, <laughs> because uh, just look at that pass. I mean, that that is a rainbow. That and was it throw is just, of the year. Yeah, and that is just perfectly placed, and it couldn't have been any better. Um, yeah, he played a played a great football game, and uh, I thought it was a good uh, play calling game as well. I, I thought they utilized the play action a lot. Um, I mean, that final two minute drive before the half it was just masterful. Yeah, um, it, it but was. Yeah, textbook. this was. Yeah, I mean, this is this was his best game as a Buccaneer, um, and he's he's getting hot. He's getting hot at the right time, and I do agree with you that right now. He's in that conversation. He's starting to get his name mentioned with MVP more, right? Russell Wilson just threw three interceptions on Sunday Night Football. So I believe Russell Wilson has now thrown more interceptions than Tom Brady. Because I think Russell Wilson had two or three interceptions, and now he has whatever, because it's plus three. So um, I I don't know Russell Wilson's stats off the top of my head. Sorry. Um but he he's really starting to put his name in that conversation. But I think, like you said, you need to beat the Giants because the Giants is bad, whatever. But then, yeah, you got to beat. I don't, I'm not saying maybe beat New Orleans handedly, but you you have to beat them and you got you got to play well. I mean that that's a Sunday night football game against the team you're battling for the division with. You beat them and you play well. That'll put you, I think, in the front uh, of the MVP conversation. So good start for Mr. Brady and. Um, Actually, a little fun fact. So we had 369 passing yards on Sunday, but that's not as high because it's tied for as high. He had 369 passing yards against the Chargers. So those were his two <laughs> highs, the exact same. So, uh, yeah, it's just a little coincidence. But, again, another game with no interceptions, no turnovers. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's really good. He hasn't had a turnover since that week four game versus the Chargers. And, I mean, it was that was in what the first quarter I believe or second early second quarter. So he's been playing really clean football. He's starting to play with a lot of confidence, and you can really see it. His past five games, fifteen touchdowns and only one interception. Yeah. Now, one more thing that we need to say about TB12 before we look at the rest of these stat lines: the elephant in the room. He broke the record for the all-time passing touchdowns in NFL history. He surpassed Drew Brees, and I'll tell you what makes this even more exciting is that for the rest of the season, I was hoping it would be like this, for the rest back of the season, forth. it's just going to be a race back and forth between these guys. Yeah, you're, you're going to be seeing posts every week. Oh, congratulations to Drew Brees for breaking the record <laughs> the next week. Oh, congrats to Tom Brady for breaking the record. Yeah, so, I mean, you could basically say that Tom Brady, if like it happens like two or three times, you'd be like, oh, he broke three records this season. Um <laughs> So then you technically wouldn't be wrong. So, um, yeah, I mean, great thing for him. I think they really wanted that one at the end. That's why they were sort of throwing in that situation. Uh, happy to see it go to, to TJ. Um, oh, yeah. Tyler, I'm a big fan of Tyler Johnson. Obviously, he seems to be coming along good. Um, you know, it's 
it's it's really good. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder: Does this team even need Antonio Brown? Um, because I mean, you know, that I'd say no. And I mean, the answer before Sunday was no. But I think most man. rational people definitely view it as a luxury. Oh, it's my God! Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, they don't. Technically, I don't even think they need Gronkowski. Like, uh, I think Cameron Braid's serviceable enough, especially when OJ's out there. But OJ got injured, so it's good to have Gronkowski and Braid. Evans and Godwin aren't healthy, 100% at least, so it's good to have A.B. But, um, yeah, like I said, just great performance from Brady. Hope he can keep it up. Also, second straight week, this offensive line, no sacks. I don't even know if the Raiders sneezed on Brady because it was a clean pocket. He had a clean jersey at the end of that one. Um, I mean, it was it was a really good job by this offensive line. I know the Raiders don't have a lot of pass rush. I know that was a big problem on their defense, but it was still nice to see. Um, so this is the second straight week with no sacks allowed. Hopefully they can make it th- the three straight against a, a defensive line in New York that's not the greatest. So, um, yeah, I think that's a key. And a lot of people were wondering before the season how this offensive line hold up and, oh, Tom Brady would get killed. I know Mark Cook said before, uh, in like January, that if Tom Brady came to Tampa, he'd get murdered and he wouldn't last four games. Well, the offensive line has really been playing well, and um, you know they're a huge reason to the success of this football team and to Tom Brady. Absolutely, it's a good thing to see, and I'm glad that you brought the offensive line up because, correct me if I'm wrong here, but has Brady been sacked at all since he tore into them on national TV? Um, maybe because maybe. I, I don't still, remember how the still, rest of that game played out. After yeah, that I don't know. I don't remember because there was still a little bit left in that game. So I don't know. But I think that definitely played a part. You don't want to be ripped into like that. So, <laughs> I mean, and really, if you think about it, go back. OK, and, and I'm going to do this when we're, when we're done the show here. I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at every sack that the Bucks offensive line has given up, which is eight sacks, by the way. It's. Pretty good in NFL ranks. Uh, I forget. I think it's top 10. Top top 10 meaning good. Um, so, New Orleans, yeah, there's a few sacks there. It's on the offensive line. Donovan Smith, horrible game. Uh, Carolina, I'm not sure if they had a sack. Denver, they had two sacks, but both were on Brady. I, I, I'm going to put both on Brady. Um, we remember that game. He was holding the ball for a little bit longer than he should have. Um, and then Chargers, I believe no sacks. And the Bears game, that was bad. But then the Packers, no sacks. And this one, no sacks. This offensive line is playing well. And a lot of people want to give Donovan Smith heck for it. But, I mean, he's playing good football right now. Alex Kappa, Ali Marpet. Ali Marpet has been elite this season, and nobody's talking about it. Uh, Ryan Jensen has been very good. Tristan Wirfs obviously speaks for himself, you know. Um I mean, this offensive line is becoming a top 10 unit right now, and nobody's really talking about it because all the accolades are going to Brady. People, you know, looked at New England and said, oh, yeah, well, obviously Brady is a good offensive line, whatever. And people questioned Tampa Bay's offensive line, but now that they're showing it, they're not even talking about it as a strength. So I just wanted to put that out there, show a little bit of offensive line love. Um, they're still not the best run blocking, but I don't really think they're not designed to be that way. So uh, I'll give them a little bit of uh, a pass there. But great job on this offensive line, and I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'll, I'll, I will go back and check that to see if when when uh, Brady, because that was that drive that they had like 15 penalties on yeah. the same drive. So, oh, that was terrible. Uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll have to go back and see if the Bucks allowed a sack after that because if they didn't, you can place it solely on Tom Brady. So another reason he should be the MVP, I guess. <laughs> and I'm really glad that you brought up the offensive line because, you know, as you said, nobody's really talking about it. People are very quick to say, you know, including myself, when Donovan Smith messes up, it's the most obvious thing. Like, it, it just, you know, you notice it so much faster than anything else. But people are so quick to just jump on the offensive line, say that they're still questionable. But they have absolutely had a good stretch of games this season. And granted, Thursday night football was not great. Week one against New Orleans was not great. That's it. That's it. It's, out it, of the seven games, they've had two bad ones. Incorrect. And me I mean, I'm it was wrong. two. It was two. It was two losses. Don't get me wrong. Like they need to play well to win, but overreaction. Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong here as well. But Jameis Winston was the most sacked quarterback last year, or top five? I believe, if not the most, I believe he was definitely top five. Uh, some of that was on Jameis, but I mean, so uh, a lot of it was just yeah, this off of the line was just not playing great, and um, obviously. I think a big difference is Tristan Wirth being over at right tackle instead of DeMar Dotson. I love DeMar as a guy, but um, he's just the game. He, 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 just, he couldn't hold up anymore. So I think that's a huge upgrade. And I just think, you know, the development of Alex Kappa has continued to, to help this team. Ryan Jensen still being a top five, top three center and Ali Marpet playing like one of the best guards in football right now. And Donovan Smith being, dare I say, an average tackle is leading to this team doing well and, and beating the teams that they should. The Packers, are the Packers a better team than the Bucks? That's up for debate, right? Uh, I think they're very close, but, I mean, that's a good defensive line they face in the Packers. A not-so-good one with the Raiders, but a good one they, they face with the Packers, and they've allowed zero sacks in the last eight quarters of football. I mean, that that's just fantastic, and you're going to win a lot of games like that. If you have zero sacks, zero turnovers, I bet you win a lot of football games. Absolutely. Something else about this offense from Sunday. First time in almost a month, the Buccaneers have not had a 100-yard rusher. Crazy, I know. But it leads to a bigger receiving day, so we got a couple yeah. of... St- Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to say, the reason was they're passing it all over yes. the lot. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so let's get into some of these stat lines that I've got. A career day for the leading receiver on Sunday, Scooter himself, Scotty Miller, or is that Fox graphics said Scott Miller? I guess we kind of have to just call him Scott now. Um, Scott Miller, six receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. And the touchdown pass that we talked about a little bit earlier was that thing of beauty from Tom Brady. Right in the breadbasket, couldn't have been any easier for him to catch that and get the TD. But Tom Brady loves him some Scooter, doesn't he? He definitely does, and I, I think a lot of people before this season, I'm um, looking at you, Stank, um, they they uh, they really thought that Miller could break out, and it's because I think you just you look at Miller and you see a prototypical Tom Brady receiver, not just because he's a small white guy, but because. I mean, just the the type of receiver he is, and everybody thought, "Oh, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman." No, like that's not this dude. Julian, you never see Julian Field. No, exactly. Julian Edelman has never run a thirty-three yard go route. Like that's not happening. All right, maybe ten years ago, but not now. Uh, So Scotty Miller just has that awesome speed, and it's something that they're really using a lot. And I think 
it's going to be tough to to take him out of the lineup. I mean, really, it is. With with Antonio Brown coming in here soon, it, it's going to be tough to take Scotty Miller out because he's, his snaps are going to be cut. Um, and it's going to be difficult to take him out. But, yeah, Tom Brady definitely seems to have a rapport with him. Um, so, I mean, a rapport with him, Godwin. Evans, it's getting there. I know we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but it's getting there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a really good start for Miller. I believe currently he is the rec- he is the the uh, the receiving, I mean, in yards, the, the leader in receiving yes. yards for the yes, Buccaneers. Yes, he is this so. season. Um, so, I mean, on the season with a team that has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Scotty Miller is the, is the leading receiver in yards. So Here I mean, is that's, the shakedown on the leading receivers for the Bucks after week seven. Scotty Miller, 22 receptions, 365 yards, only two touchdowns behind him. You've got Mike Evans with 318 yards and six touchdowns. And it's funny they don't because throw to him, the, though. the way people are talking about yeah, it. They, they, they don't, they don't throw it to Mike Evans though. Yeah, right. He doesn't exist. Right. Third place, a little bit surprising here. You've got Rob Gronkowski, 22 receptions, 280 yards, and two touchdowns on the season. Number four, you have got Chris Godwin, which is our next stat line. But for the season, 25 receptions, 279 yards, and two touchdowns. Let's talk about his game on Sunday really quickly. Well, you got to put Asher next to that those stats because he missed a few games. So Absolutely. Let's talk about his game on Sunday. Good bounce back performance for him. Awesome. Nine receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. The touchdown, like you said, to make it 31-20 and pretty much seal the deal. But a I, I, really good bounce-back game for Chris Godwin. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see. Um, he was getting open consistently, and you you really started started to see the the Chris Godwin of old. Um, I know he showed up a little bit last week, but you know, he said himself he wasn't 100% healthy. This week he looked 100% healthy. So uh, he started to see him with a little bit of screen, some curl routes, uh, and then obviously that touchdown where it was sort of an ad lib. I like that play call too. Uh, the Bucks rolling out Brady a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I do like that play call. So let's, let's, scares let's play. the hell out of me, though. No, 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 no. If <laughs> see, you're, if you're I mean, when you're scared, that... scared, scared money don't make money, buddy. Oh, there you go. There Just you saying. go. I'm so, just saying. <laughs> the next receiver I wanted to talk about was Gronk himself. Five receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown, his second of the year. I mean, for the second week in a row, just Gronk is back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, he's, he's looking damn good out there. Yeah, I mean, on that on that fade route, he he told that he told the DB, he was, you know, it's time to pay the piper. And um, he, he took his lunch money on that one. Uh, 5-9 Devin Lawson against 6-5 Rob Gronkowski. He's going to win that one. And, I, you know, the ball was decently thrown. It wasn't the perfect ball, but it doesn't really matter. Um, Gronk's yeah, going to get it. Yeah, I mean, he's just – right now, he's just – yeah, they're, they're in a zone. And, I mean, yeah, I, I love what they're doing with him. It seems like now, at first, they were sort of just letting him get his feet wet. And I think that not having a preseason, I think that def- that hurt Gronkowski, I think, maybe more than Brady because, yeah, I think this dude hasn't played football in over a year. And not having a preseason, having to go in right away. So, I mean, he, he doesn't have a great game against New Orleans, doesn't have a great game against Carolina, shows up a little bit against Denver. Mm, kind of, he has that one catch against uh, L.A., uh, shows up a little bit in Chicago, gets his first touchdown last week, then gets his second touchdown this week, and has his best game as a Buccaneer, I think, this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, just 
you can tell they're 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 those two Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are starting to heat up, and it looked like the old New England days. And I think the Bucks have really shifted their offense, especially once OJ went down. I think once OJ went down, the Bucks really shifted their offense to more of a New England style when it comes to the tight ends, having Gronk run those crossers, run those uh, having him out wide against the corner, run that fade in the end zone. Uh, I think they they really like that right now with OJ being out. It's a good vertical threat because obviously I think OJ is the best vertical throw on the team, but Gronkowski's really filling in well, and hopefully he can keep it going. So I, the biggest thing right now is staying healthy because obviously that's been a huge bugaboo for him um, in his career. Uh, it's the reason, one of the reasons he retired, and um, yeah, that, that's a big thing for him right now. And I mean, he took a shot there on that one catch, but um, just a, a really good game, and you can tell they're really starting to heat up. Yeah, and really quickly, I just wanted to remember it. Good heads up play from Gronk. He had, um, I think he caught one of those like play action crossers that you had talked about. He was headed towards the sideline and kind of like got hit, dove, and then the ball popped out of his hand when he hit the ground and didn't go out of bounds. So it was a live ball just sitting there. Would love to see a replay because I could have swore he was out of bounds, but. I, I didn't get a good look at the replay. That's about the time my TV yeah. started to really, you know, crap the bed on me. Yeah, I didn't get a great look at it, but I, I wanted a different angle because I was like, it did not seem like it, it seemed like he went out of bounds uh, or, you know, if he went out of bounds, like, I, I don't know. It, it definitely seemed like some part of his body had to be out of bounds the, right. the way he like landed. And I was like, OK, whatever. But yeah, good thing. Because I mean, at that point, it was seven nothing Vegas. Yeah, Vegas uh, gets that it, ball. This game could have gone it, very it was, differently. Yeah, I mean, and that would have put him right almost at the 50-yard line. And, yeah, this game could have been much different, like you said, uh, if that's a turnover there. So. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Mike Evans a little bit later. I promise. Let's talk about the bigger talk, elephant in the room. We got to talk about the newest wide receiver on the team. Listen. Surreal Grayson. <laughs> Antonio Brown signed his contract on Sunday. I've been mulling over it. You know, we did the live call-in show, which, by the way, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, anyone who tuned into that. That was our most viewed thing that we have ever done, ever, as a show. Hats off to you guys. 22,000 views here on YouTube, so thank you. But since then, I've had a little more time to really think about it. And yeah, obviously, you know, we were still in kind of a state of shock Rhett, when we did that. Can I guess? Show. Can I guess? Can I guess what this is? Uh, yeah, go ahead. You like it. I, I don't hate it. I, I, I have my things to say <laughs> You're about You're coming around it. to it already. No, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to preface with this. Antonio Brown is not a guy that I would ever see after a Bucks game and really think to walk up to him and get a picture or an autograph with him. Um, you know, from a non-football standpoint, he's not my favorite person in the world. And like we saw against the Raiders, like you mentioned very briefly at the beginning of the show, do we really need him? No, I don't think so. He has his pros. When we're looking at this from a football standpoint, which is important to remember, from a football standpoint, if Antonio Brown can keep himself in check, which I think Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, and Tom Brady collectively can do a very good job of doing. From a football standpoint, this could be one of the best additions the Bucs have made all season. Obviously, besides Brady, you know, Antonio Brown coming to Tampa Bay Here's a list of all the pros. Didn't cost the Bucks a lot of money. They got him for damn near the vet minimum, and it's an incentive-based deal based off of performance. And it's team performance, too, not individual performance. Exactly. It's all team. 
He returns kicks. I've complained about Jaden Mickens before. Jadon Mickens, excuse me. Hey, he looked all right on Sunday. He did. He had that nice return. I think he got it up close to the 40 or the 35-yard line, which I'm pretty sure set up a scoring drive. But, you know, he returns kicks. I'd like a different punt returner. I don't mind Jadon as a kick returner, but I'd like a different punt returner. He knows the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback, which I just briefly brought up. Played a game with Brady last season. Those guys apparently yeah. really bonded because, you know, Brady was pounding the table for yeah. one one game. <laughs> yeah, one game. And he, he also also has uh, he was teammates with uh, uh, linebackers coach Larry Foote and uh, uh, offensive assistant Antoine Randall L. So he was a and Randall L was a receiver with Brown there, too. So lots oh, of support go. for him here. Now, these next two things, they kind of tie into each other, but he plays all three of the wide receiver positions. And he is a major insurance policy when it comes to that wide receiver room. We're going to talk about Mike Evans in a little bit, I promise you. But Mike Evans is clearly still kind of injured. You know, the the times that we really saw him get up and go against the Raiders, he didn't look like he was 100%. They did a good job of game planning and doubling him most of the game, it seemed like. Every that's, time. That's why we <laughs> didn't see Mike Evans. You know what I mean? That's but, why Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski and Scotty Moore are all getting one-on-one matchups because somebody had to be doubled. Exactly. But with all of that being said, I just wanted to lay that out on the table. I prefaced with my personal feelings from a football standpoint on this football podcast. I'm excited about the move. Are you not? I mean, you know, <laughs> I, well, I thought you were going to list the cons. You listed the oh, pros. Well, the cons uh, are obviously that Antonio Brown I mean, can yeah, just turn into a massive shithead at the turn of it. Yeah, like, it, it's... You know, it can happen, Um, but he knows that this is his last chance at the NFL. I really do believe that. Like, I, I, you know, people are already ragging the bucks. Oh, a team wouldn't be stupid enough to try it again. And here they go in a situation where they don't really need him. Bruce came out and said today, you're going to be a team player. You're going to be gone. Like the tone has been set. He knows what's at stake. Mm -hmm. And at this rate, a championship is at stake. So why the hell not? So an interesting thing here, um, he has he has a court hearing in December for a sexual misconduct civil case. Um, so depending on how that goes, we'll see if he's available for the playoffs. Oh man! Um, <laughs> but obviously, I mean, Arians has basically said because I believe Jenna Lane had asked a question of on the post game show, uh, post game press conference yesterday that, well, what would you say? Antonio Brown has been accused of some sexual misconduct and uh, within, you know, within the organizations and stuff like that. And what would you say to your your fans who are women uh, about this move who, you know, I, I would assume a lot of women probably aren't too happy about it. And right. r- rightfully so. Um, and, and he basically said that uh, he's going to let the, the court system do it justice and that justice will, will be served. And basically said that you know he's a fan. Uh, he's a fan of second chances, and that basically that if any of it turns out to be true, he said, and I quote, "He won't be with us." So um, it's it's basically that. It, if if depending on how that that case goes in December, he might not even be on the playoff roster. He might be out of the league. So um, we'll see how long Antonio Brown is a Buccaneer. But for now. 
he's here and the pros you listed are exactly the pros. I mean, he can play all three wide receiver spots and he can play them well. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can put Arians, I believe talked about today. What do you talk about? Four wide receiver set with, uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller outside with Evans and Godwin inside. Oh yeah. Give God. me, give me that. So give me that all day. Um, you know, a signature geez. line that I've heard over the past few weeks, especially from you. And I really like it, but dude, in 2017, it, when we first started this show, mm-hmm. would you have ever thought that at any point in time, not only be, would Tom Brady be, we'd be the talking about all these team, guys? I mean, would Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement? Leonard Fournette, McCoy, Ronald Jones Leonard playing Fournette. the way that he's playing. Mike yeah. Evans, Antonio Brown. The Bucks having a kicker. The Bucks having a kicker. Oh my God! I am so excited for the game preview show because uh, that weekly checklist, man, it's been a long time coming. But I think this week's the week. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. We're not going to speak of it, but I think it is. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the defense here in just a minute. But first, guys, I want to remind you: you might not have noticed, but Halloween is at the end of this week. The holidays are pretty much here, but. Mm-hmm. No need to worry, because your friends at Seattle Shirt Company have got you covered. Jay and his unbelievable team have a selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list this holiday season. The jerseys are 100% authentic, and they've got current superstars like LeBron to all-time legends like Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Walter Payton. Seattle Shirt Company has it all. And right now... For our listeners, we are having a special one-time pre-Black Friday Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy over at seattleshirt.com is 30% off. So you can head over to seattleshirt.com, enter the code BLEAV, believe B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for 30% off your entire order. And of course, shipping is always free with our friends at the Seattle Shirt Company. Once again, promo code BLEAV for 30% off of your order. Shouts to our buddies, Jay, at Seattle Shirt Company. So let's get into that's this. An awesome, that's an awesome discount right there. Maybe I'm pick you, up, bro. Yeah, yeah you, you could pick up a Scotty Miller jersey. Oh, there you go. 30% <laughs> off, man. I, I don't know. I haven't gone and personally looked at the website just yet. But I have to imagine they got a couple of creamsicles up for digs. It'd be nice Uh-oh. if they had some custom ones, but I'd like to see what they have. So, yeah, let's talk about this defense. Number one in the league. I, I don't want to hear otherwise. At this rate, best in the league, okay? <laughs> I mean, statistically ranked best in the league. Number one rushing defense, which, by the way, did a damn good job against Josh Jacobs and that running back. A fantastic job against Josh Jacobs. They There was no room to run. There was absolutely no room to run. And some of the rushing yards were accredited a 10-yard scramble from Carr and a, like a 10-yard end around from Ruggs. Like, the Raiders had no room to run. I don't even know why they kept trying it. Yeah, I you know, they were commending the announced team was commending John Gruden for continually running the football. And they're like, you know, I really like the look that the Raiders are coming out here saying, you know what? We don't care that you're the number one run defense. We're going to run the ball. And well, I mean, when you only get exactly, when you only when you only get a yard and it's second and nine. Good job. Yeah. Number one in the league against the run. But the defensive identity that we've you know, we've talked about so many times up until this point. 
but the identity that this defense has set for themselves for another week in a row, they just force turnovers after making a team one-dimensional. That's it. They're going to blitz the shit out of you, and they're going to force you to make a mistake. And as we've seen, those mistakes usually come at key moments in the football game. This season, they are just so good at capitalizing and making plays. Plus seven in the turnover differential. This time a year ago, they were negative seven. That's uh, the combination of two things. And we know what the two things are. That's uh, an improved defense and a, a quarterback that doesn't throw that many interceptions, um, which obviously go hand in hand. So, um, yeah, I mean, the the defense, it, it's the, the timing of these turnovers for me. It's just, you know, like Dude, I said, I was time. like, you know, it, it's perfect timing. And did they play a great game? No, like they, they, they played better against Green Bay. But I said on the previous show, I said, this Raiders offense is good, and they're going to give the Bucks some fits because they have speed. What did you see on that first drive? Nelson Aguilar killing them with the speed. Levante Davis was matched up against Nelson Aguilar on that touchdown, and then he was never matched up with him again. You know why? Because that wouldn't have ended well for the Bucks. The Bucks would have <laughs> given up over 30-plus over if they kept you know, Levante David in uh, zone coverage against Nelson Aguilar running a seam route. So, um yeah, I mean they they you know you said they blitz a lot. The the trend I saw and I tweeted this out. Whenever the Bucks were blitzing, that's when the Raiders were going deep, and the Raiders only had that one deep ball to Aguilar. And you saw uh, you saw Derek Carr make a ton of checks at the line, especially throughout the first quarter. I think that's when he was feeling out the blitz. He'd make an adjustment on the line, and that's when they take a shot. Yeah, I think the the Raiders. It never seemed like the Bucks dominated the Raiders' offense, but I, I think they they played well. Um, didn't play great, but they 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 played well, and I think they realized that Derek Carr just wasn't gonna win the game by himself. Like he just wasn't gonna be that way. So they, I mean, they contained Henry Ruggs. He had two catches. Nelson Angler broke a few. Hunter Renfro got a few. Whatever. Uh, Darren Waller had a touchdown. Had a few other yards, but. Whatever. Uh, the Raiders, they went down a few offensive linemen, but it didn't really seem to matter. And that's kind of concerning to me that the Bucks in this game really weren't able to get any type of pressure with a four-man rush. Uh, they had three sacks, and Devin White got all three. Uh, it's just That's kind of concerning that Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, and obviously I know they're banged up in the middle, but Ndamukong Sue, like they can't break through one against the banged up Raiders offensive line, who, I mean, even the starters didn't even practice this week. So right. that was kind of concerning to me that a lot, especially, you know, in, in the second and, and third quarters when the Raiders were trying to stretch the field a little bit, Carr really had some time. And if, if you know, if, that's, if Drew Brees is back there or Patrick Mahomes or even Matt Ryan or, um, who else? They got Matthew Stafford even coming up. Like those guys are going to be able to get the ball to somebody. And um, I think the the four man pass rush they definitely have to get there because you can't just rely on the blitz, you know, to to get you sacks. You have to be able to generate pressure with your with your four guys as well. And um, I mean, JPP was basically to me non-existent on, on Sunday. Um, very disappointed his game, but he'll bounce back. I trust him. So. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a really good game. It, it felt like once the game, it, there was a point there where it all felt like the Bears game, kind of. And oh, man. Um, 
Shout out Jason Light for shutting yeah, that Jason down. Jason Light guess, right? already crucified one source <laughs> for saying that, so don't say it too many times here. <laughs> um, maybe, we, maybe we can get him on the show and he'll, he'll drop some knowledge on me. Um, oh, there so you go. Jason, the invitation is wide open, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there was a point because it was 24 to 24 to 17, and John Gruden, for some reason, our buddy Jay was on here on Thursday on the previous show. What did he say? John he Gruden has been Gruden. too conservative. Yeah. Too conservative. What does he do instead? Fourth and two. What does he do instead of go for it? He kicks the field goal. 24-20. Bucks scoring the next drive. 31-20. Carr throws a pick the very next play. Game over. That's It, it could have been 24-24. And it's a completely different ball game. I mean, the Raiders still, like even if they get the first down, like they still could have maybe kicked the field goal because it's not like it was a, a fourth and goal situation. But like, why did you kick the field goal there? There was like nine minutes in the game left like right you have it you have a shot to, well, to tie the game up i, I don't get it. It, it you know I, I don't know too much about the head coach situation over in vegas because i don't watch them every single week but well, you know you know who it is you know enough we mean oh absolutely so it's pretty much a copy and paste of what we said about arians after the thursday night game you know they showed their ass on that yeah. fake pun earlier and they got it so why not go for it when the stats are in your favor, dude? Good, really Analytics Twitter was losing its mind today, and it was pretty fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I ripped Arians for it, um, for for kicking that field goal, and it they lost the game. Yeah, Raiders oh. kick the field goal, they lose the game. So I mean, I just don't know what Gruden was thinking that to trust his defense. I understand that his defense had played well up to that point because the Bucks only got three points in the first half before, I mean, in the second half before that Godwin touchdown, yeah. uh, which was you know, with, like, what, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, like, the Raiders were playing better on defense. So I get kind of trusting your defense, but also, like, it's Tom Brady. Like, <laughs> come, come on, dude. Like, Gruden, you know darn well who is on that sideline, and you know the firepower they have. You really trust your defense that much? A mistake, and uh, ended up Oakland is now three in Oakland. Man, I almost went on a full show without saying it. Darn it. Uh, <laughs> Vegas is now three and three. I wasn't so. going to say anything. I'm glad you caught yourself. Oh, man, I'm so disappointed. Dude, it still happens. Like, there was I know, a moment, but man. A couple of minutes ago, I said, like, Vegas, and I had to stop myself from saying Oakland. I promise that it's it's okay. Nobody's mad at you. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess we'll, well. At least I don't call them, I don't call the Chargers San Diego really anymore. So yeah, that's good. I, I've really gotten out of that phase, which is pretty healthy yeah. for me. So maybe like this time next year, we'll be we'll be all good on the Vegas Raiders. There we go. So sounds nice. One more thing I want to say about this defense. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to Mike Edwards. He had the pick that was negated by a penalty. And then he forced the pick later on in the game. You know, again, really sucks that he didn't get that pick. But he was pretty uh, he was pretty damn good in that secondary, and he was the guy that I was watching the most probably throughout the game. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a shame Shaq Barrett jumped offside. It was close. It, oh, it, dude. it was Shaq. It, it, it was Shaq on those all the time. It was it was very close, but also if you remember, if you think about the Green Bay game last week on Edwards' interception, the one that counted, Shaq Barrett almost jumped. It was it was a close one, but this time they they ended up getting him, and uh, yeah, it's a shame because I I sort of I was watching the game with my dad, and I was like, do you think kind of Carr like just kind of threw it because like he knew, and my dad was like, ah, that's kind of quick, and the, watching the replay, like he was there's no that. way he knew, like there, there's no. no way he knew he had a free play. He was throwing that ball and he got punked. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I think Edwards has made a great play on it. And then, obviously, he tips the ball right to Antoine Winfield. Good coverage. Um, they lost Carlton Davis in the game. He came back. He played well. I want to talk about one thing on this defense, uh, and, and it's a negative thing. So I'll talk about I'll talk about one negative thing, one positive. I'll end on the positive one for the for the defense. Uh, Sean Murphy bunting has been bad. Uh, his his yeah. first two games were good. Uh, I said he was one of my favorite players on the football team before the season. I just as a guy, I just I, I like him, um, and. Uh, he's just he's been bad it's it, there's no secret uh it seemed like he's lost out there i you know he seemed to have a strong game against denver until he had that injury and then you know ever since he came back it hasn't been the same and it just seems like he's playing a little off and without confidence who does that remind you of that reminds me of the exact same conversation that we were having about vernon hargraves yeah Playing off, not knowing, like looking kind of clueless, always put, you know, throwing his arms up in the air at somebody, and um, not playing with confidence. That's something showing flashes, but not playing with confidence. I trust Sean Murphy Bunting. I think he'll be fine. But right now, he's kind of a liability right now. And I think they really have to consider putting Dean and Carlton Davis outside full time, having Antoine Winfield in the nickel, and then Mike Edwards and Jordan Whitehead as the two safeties. I think that's what they need to really consider right now because either Sean Murphy Bunding isn't healthy and, and they're really leading it on to believe that he is healthy or he's just bad now. And he's it's a sophomore. It could be a sophomore slump. I mean, he, yeah. he ended the year strong and then started the year strong, but then that injury sort of derailed it. So who knows? Um, would you have any thoughts on Murphy Bunting before I go to my quick positive note? Well, I just wanted to say, you know, you brought up the VH3 comparison and not to, saying he's no, 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 no. It's, it's two bad. different situations with two different players. You know what I mean? Your sample size with VH3 was much bigger. So when he was benched, it was long overdue. But, you know, I just want to kind of say I, I don't think Bruce would be scared to bench a guy like SMB for a game or two if he continues this poor play that we've seen. And, and I mean, you know, no, I don't think the Bucks would bench up and then cut him a week after that. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he really just can't get it together. Maybe he sits on the sideline for a game. Yeah, I think it'd be more to send a message than anything. Yeah. Um, and then if it works, sorry, bud. Like, yeah. you know, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> if, if they go out and let's say it's the Giants and they're doing that, Dean Davis outside, Winfield inside with Edwards and Whitehead, and they completely shut down the Giants. Sorry. Um, so in New Orleans, it's going to be the same thing. Sorry about that. But, um, I mean, yeah, he'll, like I said, he'll be fine. I, I, I trust him. I just think it's a slump right now. It's a bad four or five games. and he's But he needs to pick it up because, I mean, right now you're talking about this team as a playoff team, and soon I think you're going to be talking about them as a Super Bowl contender. If they want to win a Super Bowl, he has to be better. Teams are just going to pick on him. Uh, teams are now, you know, Daniel Jones and Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. That's the next three quarterbacks they're facing. They're going to look in the film room and say, ah, oh, throw the ball to where Sean Murphy Bunting is. Throw the ball to where 23 is. Hunter Renfro gave him fits all game pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, they, the Giants have some solid receivers, uh, Golden Tate, uh, Slayton. And uh, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. So uh, they got some solid receivers as well. So Murphy Bunting is going to have to be better. I don't think he'll get benched this week, but like you said, it wouldn't surprise me if he eventually does. Um, so on a positive note, Devin White, absolute animal. And I think he took this personally because I think 
I, I think uh, this is a nice. I didn't think about that. That's actually that's good. Um, <laughs> that's what I thought you. I was just thinking of that clip from the last dance. Um, so I I think well here you go when when the Raiders picked Clone Farrell fourth overall. I think Devin White wanted to go to that spot. I think that was the place that Devin White would really would have really liked to have gone. That's where a lot of mock drafts had him going, and you know damn well, and, and a rookie out of college, he's reading those. And, and Scott Reynolds had even had said on his, I believe, the game preview for for the Vegas game. I almost said Oakland. Phew, um, said that you know the Bucks were really nervous that that Vegas was going to take Devin White. At the time, they were Oakland though, so aha. Oh, there uh, you go. But they were really nervous that they were going to take White, and they ended up not. So White goes the next pick. And I bet you, you know, just like, yeah, the Michael Jordan meme, he's sitting there. They they picked me. They they passed on me at four. <laughs> I took that personal because, I mean, he, he murdered a man. So I don't know why he didn't come back in handcuffs, but he absolutely killed their car. So um, it was oh, funny. It's like they, after that, after that hit, like they showed the Raiders sideline, it was right where like car landed, and you just saw offensive linemen in the receivers. I was like, "Is car legit dead?" I was like, "Is where where'd he go?" I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, with it being that close to the sideline, I'm surprised somebody didn't you know take a shove at him. I did mean, you see? They almost it almost took out Gruden. Oh no, I didn't it, see it, that. Yeah, look, look at the try to find a replay of the hit, and when they when they show the replay from the other angle, it, it Gruden like backs up. It almost takes him out. And good thing uh, he's still shifty on his feet, coaching good shape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, just a monster game from Devin White. Eleven total tackles, three sacks, uh, bringing the energy on the defense. That with a hit like that on Carr, I mean, you could see the the energy. It was a fourth and one, I believe. So. Um, yeah, it's a great game, and hopefully he can build on it. it this season has been up and down for him. Uh, I think he was definitely better uh, last season so far, his rookie season. Maybe it's a sophomore slump for him, but definitely seemed like he broke out of it, whatever slump it was. So uh, ending on a positive note on that defense, a really, really good game from their young linebacker. Absolutely. Two more big things I want to talk about before we wrap this thing up. One of them is Mike Evans. Don't worry. But the first one is that running back room, Okay. Stat line looks like this. Leonard Fournette, 11 carries for 50 yards, six receptions for 47 yards. You love to see that. That was a difference. Ronald Jones, 13 carries, 34 yards, and one touchdown. Let me just say this. The Raiders defense primarily game planned for Rojo. And yes, while Ronald Jones didn't run for 100 yards this week, I don't really think it changes anything. I don't think we should overthink this now that Leonard Fournette came back, played a healthy game, and... You know, I don't think there's going to be a shift in that room. I think next week, first and 10, Tom Brady is going to be handing it to number 27. Kind of expected the rotation. And I think that plays into what Bruce said about, you know, just riding the hot hand. Ronald Jones had that really nasty drop on the screen. So they threw Leonard oh, Fournette in for a little while. That was ugly. God. You've got to stop throwing Ronald Jones but, football. Buddy, I could have caught that ball. Like, <laughs> come on, man. I, I felt like, like it was in his are... hands and he kind of just bumbled it. It, it was so weird. It, it looked like he literally caught it and then just threw yeah. it. Like, what are you like doing? Like the Arizona like, game. You're you. I mean, that was even worse than the Arizona game. I, I think sure. because I mean, they're man. I don't know. Like, you're an NFL running back. I understand if you're not a good receiving back, you don't have to be a good receiving back. You have to be able to catch that football. Come on. Like, and rightfully so. You should be benched after a play like that. Come, like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. You're just, just, it's not, I understand you're not the best catching the football, 
that's right in your hands. Like a, a high school running back could have caught that football. Come on. Like, and then like, you deserve to be benched after that. You came back in the game. You played all right. But, you know, for that instance right there, yeah. And Leonard Fournette receiving the football was a difference. There was a third and 13 there when the Bucks were, oh, man. Uh, you know, it was 24 20, third and 13. What does Tom Brady do? Dumps it down to Leonard Fournette. Fournette just goes and gets the first down. That, that basically, I think, won the game for him. Yeah. Uh, also, an unheralded play, Levante David stopping Daryl Waller on third down, which led to the fourth and two where Gruden kicked the field goal. Aha. So uh, those are those are the two plays, I think, that really won them this football game uh, and were key moments that aren't going to be really talked about. So, yeah, it, Leonard Fournette was the better running back on Sunday. Uh, the better running back for this season has been Ronald Jones. He, you're right. He's not going to get benched. Like it'll still be Ronald, Ronald Jones taking those snaps first against 10. the Giants. Yeah, it, <laughs> uh, first and ten, run up the gut, two yards. Hey, you know, it. we we did say it earlier. I don't want to, you know, contradict. We did see a little more of the play action. They got me on mm-hmm. one first and ten. I know for damn sure. I was like, oh my god. And I, I actually, that was the first and ten that uh, Tom Brady overthrew Gronk early in the game, and we thought it was, was going to be a longer afternoon than it was. It was the it was the first play of the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <so, laughs> that's where they got uh, me. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, it's going to be a long game. <laughs> um, I, I was sort of thinking that too. Is I wasn't watch. I missed the first drive, first Bucks drive, oh, and I followed along on you. Twitter. And it said, oh, Brady missed a wide-open Gronk. I said, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I said, Brady's just completely off. Great. One more, um, one more thing. We know how the rest of the afternoon turned out. Pretty damn good for Bucks and their fans. But one more thing about this running back room before we talk about Mike Evans. You know, I just want to kind of you didn't see any of Keyshawn Vaughn, by the way. Yeah. I saw none of him. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't see very much Shady either. I, I don't think he was in. I don't, I don't remember him being in for an offensive snap. I really don't. He was dressed, but I know he was dressed. I know he was dressed, but I don't remember him being in for an offensive yeah, snap. I don't, I don't know why I said he was, but I do want to just say this really, really quickly. I wish we would have seen a little more Leonard Fournette in the fourth quarter. I think he would have picked it up a little bit. But aside from that, that's exactly how you use Leonard Fournette. You know, Ronald Jones not getting benched a little bit earlier than expected because of that drop. Sure. But the rotation that we've seen between these guys, when you've got two running backs who can clearly produce, just use it to your strengths. Keep them fresh. You saw Ronald Jones come back in the game in the fourth quarter, which was fine. But, you know, it's just, it's nice. And I just wanted to comment that they did that perfectly, which we have talked about before. But here is the glaring thing that people are talking about most this week that I wanted to close the show with. What's up with Mike Evans? We didn't see Brady target him too many times. And uh, yes, he is the second leading receiver for season totals on this football team. But two big glaring things for me. One, still don't believe he's 100%. We've said that. Everybody else has said that. He's not 100%. And two, dude, his time's going to come. Like the way that this offense is where you see a different person just have a career game every single week, Mike's going to get his 100 150 damn it i'll say it he'll get 160 plus yards later on this season but as of right now with him being hurt he's playing through it yeah but i mean he just he played decoy against vegas and that's exactly what they did they double teamed in the whole game and um yeah Uh, you know it's just it's i don't want to overthink it we don't overthink things on the show and and that's why we're talking about it right here (laughs) yeah uh so do people know or or just want to forget that he has six touchdowns, yeah. leader of uh, leader on the team. 
He has 25 receptions, tied for the leader on the team, 39 targets, leader of the team, and he is only, let's see, what is it? I'm trying to do math. Crunching Don't know. Numbers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he he is only, let's say, he is only, uh, that's not right. He is only 47 yards. I can't do math. Sorry, guys. He's only 47 yards behind the Bucks leading receiver. You, you guys are talking about him like freaking. Like Brady he, hasn't he, thrown to him all season. Yeah, come on, stop it. He's he's the leader in targets, the tied for the leader in receptions, then the leader in touchdowns. Like, come on, like you guys are just overreaction. And the reason is, everybody is used to Mike Evans getting his one K, and everybody is used to Jameis Winston forcing the ball to Mike Evans. Tom Brady's going to do that, right? Because yes, it has resulted in great plays by Mike Evans, great catches, but it's also resulted in interceptions. So, yeah, Tom Brady right now, it doesn't seem like he trusts Evans enough to go up and grab those 50-50 balls. It doesn't seem like he does enough right now. I think it will come. But right now, the one time I remember is that deep ball against L.A. where he just threw it up and Mike Evans just made that good adjustment. That's really the only time I think he really, like, said, all right, like, yeah, you're going to go get this. And that fade against Denver, I guess. But, um, I mean, he'll be fine. Like, and also the he oh, Mike Evans is mad. No, he's not. They're five and two. <laughs> Dude, that's so they, garbage. They are five and two. He has never been five and two in his NFL career. He has never made the playoffs. He's only had one winning record in his NFL career. He does not care if he doesn't get a catch. He got two catches. Yeah, and you know, everybody's saying, Oh, he's so mad. Oh, he looked he looked he looked pissed on at Tyler Johnson when he caught that touchdown. Huh? No, he no. didn't. No, that's what I'm saying. He was, I mean, all you got to do is watch a sliver of Bucks content. I'm pretty sure they posted it on their social media. Mike was one of the first guys exactly. to go but, congratulate you know, he's, Tyler he's, Johnson. He's after furious. He's furious, and he's going to demand a trade. Oh, and, my God. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it is it is ridiculous. And just relax, okay? I understand that a lot of people are attached to Mike Evans because he's been here for a while, and he's been, like, a main point of the offense. He's been some, sometimes the only point of the offense. But just relax, okay? Like, they're 5-2, and two and you're complaining about a dude getting two catches. He's good. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get more catches. He's going to have more touchdowns. He'll have a game over 100 yards here soon. He dominates the Giants every time. I mean, like... It'll happen. Re- relax. Who cares if Mike Evans is getting locked up, if Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, and Scotty Moe are all getting open? Who cares? Like, r- really? <laughs> I don't. I I don't want players to, to just get 1K, 1,000 yards on the season with, the with, with with eight touchdowns and go 6-10. and 10. I don't know. No thanks. I, I'd much rather go 12-4 and four and you get, you know, 700 yards and – Three touchdowns, whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Like it, I'm, I'm sorry. It's just, it's so stupid. And the Raiders were doubling Mike Evans the entire time. Every time the Bucks got in the red zone, they were doubling Mike Evans. Just stop. Like t- really, just, just stop. I, I don't think there's much else I can add after that. But you hit the nail perfectly when you said, you know, a big difference between Mike Evans getting a thousand yards every year and this season in particular, while. Me personally, I still think he has plenty of time to get a thousand yards. He gets. I mean, yeah, he's gonna have to have some real monster games. I think he point. will. I think he will down the mm. stretch. I think with Antonio Brown It'll on the be, field, you're gonna see a different side of Mike Evans. 
it'll be interesting to see how he plays against the Giants because two things. One, like I said, he always dominates the Giants, it seems, but the Giants have James Bradbury now, and James Bradbury has historically played really well against Mike Evans. So I have to assume it's going to be Bradbury versus Evans. So it could be another week where we're where we're hearing about, oh, my God, it's Mike Evans and this and that. Just stop. The difference between Mike Evans getting 1,000 yards every year and this year is a 5-2 and two record. And we'll leave it at that. If so they Mike were Evans, two, if they were two and five, then you could complain. There you go. Like, oh my God, they're losing. They're not even targeting their best player. Sure, <laughs> that they can complain. But if they're winning football games, they have scored forty-five points, and you're complaining about a dude getting targets. Get out of here. Ladies, and also, he drew two pass interference penalties. So don't give me that garbage. Ladies and gentlemen, take a deep breath, relax. Bucks win. I am. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to. You don't have to subtweet me, buddy. I'm the calmest guy in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, take a deep breath and relax. The Buccaneers win for the second week in a row. They are five and two in first place in the NFC South. With that being said, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching on YouTube or checking us out on any of the major podcast outlets. Anywhere you download a podcast. You can check us out there for damn sure. Shout out to our sponsors, betonline.ag, and of course, the Seattle Shirt Company. Make sure you guys go take advantage. SeattleShirt.com, promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for 30% off of be sure, Be sure to take Chiefs, minus 19. There you and go. And a half. There you Dude, go. Take, or take the points. Who free knows? money. Listen to our show all the way <laughs> to the end, and you get reminded about free money, ladies and gentlemen. But make sure you follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Basically the best place to go for any updates on the show. And of course, Bucks News as it happens. Speaking of Buccaneer News as it happens, you can follow my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. The number one place for Buccaneers News on Instagram with 25,000 followers and climbing. Pretty damn incredible. It is climbing, yep. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL, where he yells about Philly sports that nobody cares about and the Bucks every now and again. You can follow hey, him, but he probably hey, won't. It's, it's, been a, it's been a decent amount of Bucks talk. So. It has. It's been, it, it's, it's it's been, honestly, if you want me honest, though, just because the Phillies, Flyers, and Sixers are all doing yeah, nothing right now. because so. none of your other teams are playing right now, so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. You can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Huh. I think that's it. I think I covered everything, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. All right. Well, go, do, live, huh? go do that, folks. Thank you for listening <laughs> to our show. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you Thursday. New Bucks break on Tuesday. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.